We'll go ahead and continue with our post-race pest conference, joined now by our race winner, Alexander Rossi, driving the number 27 Napa Auto Parts Honda for Andretti Autosport. His fourth career win, also his second of the season. Alex, you told us yesterday that winning pole here at a, at a permanent road course, a place that you didn't feel you had had a lot of strength in the Verizon IndyCar Series so far, was really special to you. So that being said, what does getting an actual race win here mean to you? Uh, it'll probably sound weird, but I mean, the pole yesterday was, was uh, a little bit more special just because it's, that's true pace, right? Um, to be able to put on pole against the field as, as competitive as the Verizon IndyCar series. And in a race, I mean, there's so many different factors that go into whether or not you win. So, um, yeah, it was an all around great weekend for, for all of Andretti Autosport. I mean, if you look at qualified on pole, um, we won Indy lights, they got both poles, two wins. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive kind of the evolution of the entire team and um, you know it's been a, a privilege to be a part of um, since day one of my time in the Verizon IndyCar series and we just keep seemingly going from strength to strength and to be able to rebound from the three pretty difficult weekends that, that we had coming into this one is a uh, is a fantastic effort by everyone on the the 27 Napa team so um, very grateful for them they deserve the the two-week break that we have going into Pocono and we'll reset and, and come at it hard again. You said entering the race, you guys really hadn't committed to a two-stop two -stop strategy just yet. You just knew as the race progressed, if it was possible, you guys would try it out. At what point did you know that that's what was going to happen? Yeah, we didn't know because without a warm-up, you don't really know what fuel mileage you're capable of getting because all of the work leading into um, the weekend is really focused on qualifying. And so you don't really get race mileage information so uh we went into it with the option of of doing the two-stop if we could hit a fuel number in the first two or three laps and we were able to do that while opening up a gap on will um so it was at that point where we decided to to commit to it and um it was it was concerning at times because there was guys that i think started off trying to do it and then bailed out and then they were substantially quicker than me and so if like they pass me and I have to bail out as well, then I've lost track position and God forbid a yellow comes out or we were exposed for a lot of the race. But at the end of the day, it was certainly obviously the, the quicker um, strategy and um, it was uh, a huge um, testament to the pace of the car as well because to, to hit the fuel mileage that you needed to hit to do it on two stops, you're lifting a lot of the lap. So um, you have to be able to carry a lot of rolling speed and you have to have a balance that, that you're comfortable with. So um, yeah, couldn't have done it without an amazing race car. Yeah, uh, explain what happened on the cool-down lap there. Uh, were you attempting a burnout, a donut? I, I think Kurt Cavan called it, a, it ended up being a Timbit. <laughs> but uh, just kind of what, I don't know, was that embarrassing? Or how would you put it after after a big-time race like that? I don't mean embarrassing. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, to not be, sure. not be able to do um, your donuts. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a pretty narrow track, so the only place was an access road. And, uh, yeah, the grass had a drop-off, so so be it. Hey, uh, the other thing, uh, Robert Wickens called – your strategy at the beginning of the race at the start, going to the start, he called, thought it was a little bit cheeky. He thought you slowed down a little bit too much. What's just, what's just your take on the way you led the field to the green? He complains a lot. <laughs> uh, that, that, I mean, that, does he not? <laughs> that was uh, somewhat my question. Can you give me the strategy behind it, the uh, – the breakdown of actually what you're doing, what you're trying to do on that. Are you talking start? about the strategy or the start or what? The start, yeah. The, the start? Strat the strategy of the start. 
Um, I knew based on being around people in pit lane what first gear they had, and I knew I had a better gear, so we used that to our advantage. Other questions for Alex? Yes, Bruce. Does today remind you a little bit of what you did at Watkins Glen last year? Um, similar in the sense that, you know, I had a, an awesome car that I was super confident with. Um, Watkins Glen was a flat out. Me and Scott went kind of mental for the last 12 laps after that last restart. And it was just Q lap. So that was a different race win than this one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I haven't had a road course car that I was that comfortable with since, what, it, August, September of last year. So, uh we needed this one just to, to kind of reassure ourselves that we are competitive on road courses as well as all the other types of tracks. And it's a crazy thing about this championship, man. There's so many different elements that you have to be good at. And um, each track requires a different approach and a, a different philosophy, a different mindset. And um, I think that now after this, we're, we're pretty content on all forms of racetracks. And hopefully that bodes well for the last four races. Yes, Patrick. That last 20, 30 laps, at any point were you surprised that the gap wasn't getting smaller? I mean, there's a couple of times you actually even got a couple extra tenths. When, when you're, you're saving a bunch of fuel, and obviously he's in traffic, but I was, you still would have thought the gap would have been narrowing. Not really, um, because the thing is, when you go that hard um, on a three-stopper, you have tire dig. Um, so, I mean, there, there is a trade-off. There's a period of time where, yeah, you're pretty – substantially quicker on a three-stopper, but then you're using the tire a lot more. So they have to back up, not because they're saving fuel, but because they have to look after the tires where I'm just really looking after a fuel number and um, you place less demand on the tire, less load on the tire. And so that's not something I really have to deal with. I'm just concerned about, um, you know, the mileage. So you're, you're concerned about mileage in two different ways. One's fuel, one's tires. And um, based on the simulation we did, a two-stopper was going to be about 15 seconds quicker, and it ended up being 11 seconds or whatever. So it was pretty close. And just to follow up on that, uh, can, what does it say about the racing in the IndyCar series that James Hinchcliffe didn't all of a sudden get a lot looser and start sliding back and wind up right in front of you there to help uh, to help his teammate out? I wouldn't expect that. I mean, I let James go in Iowa, and he had a he had a pretty good day there. So I don't think there's a lot of that, that that happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to add to that. Yeah, Alexander, what, what is it like to be out in front of in, in a race like this, comfortably in front, you know, kind of controlling things? What, what is that? What is that like for a race car driver for you personally? It's the best. Um, you just get to kind of get in your rhythm and, and do what um, you need to do uh, and, and what your team is looking for. So um, that's the race you want to have for me. It's a boring race, and that's the best race you can ever have. So um, it's not often you get those um, in, in the Verizon IndyCar Series. So you take them when you can have them, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be prepared to, to be fighting again uh, come Pocono. Any other questions for Alex? Yes, Jim. It's on. There it is. Got it. Uh, quick one. Is there enough time to catch Scott Dixon in the championship? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Sonoma uh, pff, brings in so many different possibilities with being double points. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that, you know, all I heard about coming into this weekend was how he's won five times around here. And, yeah, I mean, he's, he's excellent at what he does. But you got to, you got to capitalize on, on your good days and, and his not-so-good days, which unfortunately are fifth. Um, but, you know, if we, if we keep winning races, if we keep having the pace that we've had all year, 
um, then the rest will take care of itself. So that's all we're focused on right now. By no means is he going to be easy to beat. By no means do I expect to go to Pocono and be able to win again and, and him finish fifth. Um, but we just got to keep, you know, chipping away at it, improving on the areas that we know we're weak and um, make the most of the opportunities that are presented to us. Just a quick follow-up on that, too, is that does Scott, Scott being who he is with the history that he has, he don't seem like a guy that gets intimidated, but when you think about the final four races, do you say, man, I don't know if he's going to make a mistake. I'm really going to have to be perfect. Oh, for sure. I do not expect him to make a mistake. So the pressure's on, on me to, uh, to deliver the results and, and to deliver under pressure, and um, you know I've got the team to do that. And, uh, yeah, it's all about taking it each day, each lap at a time, and, um, like I said, maximizing the opportunities that are presented to us. What was the key or the cu couple keys to stopping one less time than everyone else today? Committing early to it. Um, you, you couldn't try and do a two-stop if you, like, push for the first 12 laps and then be like, oh, now I'm going to do a two-stop. It's really from, like, lap two or lap three. And uh, that's hard to do. I mean, especially at the beginning of the race when you don't know what yellows are going to happen and all the guys are doing different things and you're racing, you're close to each other and, and everyone's passing and on overtake and it's just like that, you know? So um, you just got to stay the course. And I was uh, very fortunate to have Rob Edwards kind of, he's such a calming voice and a voice of reason that despite me being frustrated in the first stint with traffic and uh, with Joseph and Will kind of abandoning the strategy, um, you know, he just was like, just stick to your plan, man. We're the only ones doing this. We're the only ones that can make it happen. So just uh, keep focusing on you. And uh, we were able to do that. So um, feel very fortunate, feel very blessed to have him on my, on my timing stand. And uh, hopefully we can continue that relationship and that level of success. No. No, like I said, we didn't know. So we had to wait until lap two or three to see if we could hit the number. We went into it flexible. If we couldn't hit the fuel mileage, then it was going to be a three-stopper. Any final questions for Alex? Yes. Were you surprised that there were no yellows in the race today? Yeah. And did it help you in no. after all? No. No, it did not help at all. Um, I mean, based on kind of what we saw all weekend, I mean, we didn't go eight minutes without having a yellow or red flag. So I was like, there's going to be all the yellows ever. Um, and there wasn't one. So it's weird, but it's also a testament to kind of the level of the guys in the Verizon IndyCar series. And there's no slouches here, right? So when it comes time to execute, the, the, the big day comes. Um, there's not a lot of mistakes that are happening. So it, it made my life a lot harder because I had to go that much slower. Um, because obviously, when you're under yellow, I mean, you're barely using any fuel at all. Um, but that was not the case today. Alex, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks.